You're listening to Success Stalkers Radio, episode number 10 with Leon Gray. Welcome to Success Stalkers Radio. I am your host, Iona Garrett. People all over the globe are rewriting the rules to success. They're making money and changing the world. Join me Monday through Friday as I interview today's top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and entertainers that will leave you inspired to take action and achieve success on purpose. Are you ready? Let's dive right in. Okay, success stalkers, let's get started. I'm your host, Iona Garrett, and this is another episode of Success Stalkers Radio. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Leon Gray. Leon, are you ready to stalk success today? Yes, I am. Thank you for having me, Iona. You're welcome. You are so welcome, and thank you for being on the show today. Native of Louisiana and theatrical artist on the rise, Leon Gray is captivating audiences with his with each and every play he writes. Since founding the Leon Gray Experience, he has guided a company's growth from a privately held theater company to being one of the entertainment industry's leading independent companies and a veritable box office force. He has quickly ascended as Los Angeles' premier playwright, earning more than 60 nominations and awards for his for his works since 2000. Among some of the honors he's been given are the NYC Inspire Award, Al Sharpton Man of Vision Award, Best Director Award, Art of the Year Award, and many NAACP Awards, Best Producer and Best Play Awards. So Leon, I've given our listeners just a little overview. So take a minute, tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business and your your success path. Okay. Well, well again, thank you for having me. And uh, like you said earlier, I'm, I'm originally from Louisiana, so my I don't think I have an accent, but everybody keeps telling me I still have my accent there out here on the East Coast. <laughs> I try to keep it under control. You're in the entertainment industry; you got to be able to control it, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But um, uh, I am I'm a theater producer, writer, writer, director, and um, and you know you pretty much summed it up in the in the interview. You know I've won various awards, and you know I feel blessed to have had an opportunity to to share my stories with the world on the East and and the West Coast. Awesome, awesome! I tell you, when I when I saw your bio, I was just blown away. I was like, wow! I knew you were doing a lot of things, but I didn't realize how much you've actually done. And I, I tell you, I follow you on Facebook, and I'm just sometimes I, I love all your posts. I love your videos, everything you do, and I'm just like, wow, he is he is just enjoying life, having a blast yeah. at what he's yeah. doing. I love it. That's and that's what it's all about. So, Leon, we're gonna dive, you know, way into your journey a little later in the interview. But before we do, we always like to start Success Talkers Radio off with a success quote to really get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. Well. There, man, there are several quotes that I, that I really love, um, several by my favorite poet, Rumi. But there's one that has really, really, you know, touched me as of lately. And uh, it goes, listen to your inner genius. Those who do often end up changing the world. And, um, 
You know, and, and I would say we all have that inner genius inside of us, that inner voice that tells us things, but we always have that other thing on our shoulder saying you can't do it and you can't. So if we listen to those things and understand and interpret our dreams and visions and goals, we can put them into action. Right, right. So tell me, Leon, explain, to, if you can, just give us a little uh, example of how you've applied, you know, that same mantra in on your journey. Oh, wow. Well, uh, I have a play running right now in New York City called Black Angels over Tuskegee. It's about the, um, the Tuskegee Airmen. And the show began in Los Angeles back in 2008. And I've always had a vision of taking it to New York City. And, you know, you always have those people telling me, well, you can't do it. New York is a major city. There are 300,000 plays going on every day. What makes you think your little play could sustain New York City? And I was like, well, <clears throat> excuse me. It's like, well, I'm, the, the subject about the Tuskegee Airmen, there had never been a stage play about the, um, the Airmen. So right there off the bat, I know it would be an interesting topic. And, again, those people saying, well, you can't do it, you can't do it. I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. So I put all my little money in a hat, <laughs> and I, I talked <laughs> to the actors in L.A., and I spoke to a producer, and he was like, um, well, you could do it. I have space in my venue um, for two weeks. It's $30,000 for two weeks. I'm like, whoa, 30000 for two weeks. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to do it. So we did it. We came, and we just hit the streets. You know, the acting myself paid, hit the pavement, telling everybody about this incredible play. Because we didn't have the money or the marketing to, um, you know, really compete against these other Broadway shows with their multi-million dollar budgets. So we hit the streets, you know, in uniforms and just talking, passing out flyers and stuff. And it became an instant hit. In four days, we made all that money back. And that was in 2010. And here we are now still rocking and rolling in New York City in, uh, in, in year five going on in the city. So Phenomenal. Yes. Listening to my inner mind, you know, saying, you know what? Don't listen to these people telling you you can't do it. Go out and do it yourself. Right. Absolutely. I'm so glad you did. So glad you didn't do that. <laughs> that's that is just phenomenal. Where well basically what we're gonna do here, I wanna dive a little bit deeper, okay, into your story because in your journey, because at, here at Success Talkers Radio, that's what we're really about. Really about getting into the heart of your journey. And so what I wanna do is if we can just focus first on a failure. You know, a time in your life will where you you fell flat on your face. And, and I want you to take us there to that moment. You know, make us feel like we're there with you and, and share with us some lessons that you learned from that failure. Wow. I mean, you know, I, man, that's a that's a great question because throughout, throughout my life, I've had numerous days in love, life, and just living. Um, in relation to my business and what I do, I was doing, doing theater in Louisiana back in the early 90s. Uh, 97, 98, and I had a lot of success in Louisiana. So I was like, you know what, I want to try to take this to, to, to Los Angeles. So I moved to L.A. in 99, and I immediately, you know, rented a venue, took all the money I saved up. And no, I didn't know anybody in L.A. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know how to market a play or anything. So <laughs> I put all my money into this venue and no marketing things, thinking people was going to come. You know, and pay for everything, actors. I mean, I really put a lot of money into it. And, of course, it flopped. You know, here I am broke, like, man, what am I going to do now? I have no more money. You know, I was just about to move into a new apartment. 
So I took I took steps back and I started going to theater companies in Los Angeles to find out, you know, how they promote their plays, what they did, how they worked their advertising with limited budgets. So I really, really learned in that aspect of how to really produce in LA. That's what really taught me how to produce when I fell on my butt and was like pretty much homeless for about three to four weeks, you know, staying in my car and everything. So it taught me a lot. It taught me how, okay, and especially in the entertainment industry, because you, you depend so much on people coming out to support your pieces and stuff. And in Louisiana, I had that following. You know, I had a huge following, especially on my, my university campus and then around the city. And that just didn't translate to L.A. because it's like, who's this new kid trying to do a show, you know? And, um... So in my butt, but I got up, dust myself off, started saving more money, got like three jobs to try to build that back up. And then the next show that I put on, I learned from going visiting these communities around the city and how they worked. Because you got to remember, in 99, you know, there wasn't any Facebook and all that type of stuff. True, so, exactly. You're so, right. You know, like now it's social media, social media, so you could put a play up and what is going on on Facebook or, you know, uh, your website. Etc. And you know, and people instantly commentate. No, but back then it wasn't. You know, so I had to learn the process of doing that. Now going to all these companies, putting up flyers in their buildings. You know, um, going to acting classes and personally passing flyers to each student who come out to come see my show. So it's much of a, a, a ground on the ground foot soldier type of thing. And I learned, and it taught me. Wow, I really felt like I was right there with you. <laughs> That that's and I'm sure it's something that you'll never ever forget. You know, I will never what, forget what a that. lesson. You know, I will never forget that that moment. You know, of, I mean, I was I I fell for my face in that moment. Like, wow, you know, this is this is going to be difficult. And at times, I was like, man, should I, you know, what should I go from here? And that's when I, and, and when I spoke about that quote earlier, my inner mind, that inner genius saying, you can do this. Mm-hmm. You know, put it in your mind. You you know how just put it together and create it. Right. And you obviously have turned that failure into some major success. You know, so that's kind of saves us into to my next question here is, you know, I want to move a little forward and transition to the other end of the spectrum, you know, the aha moment, that light bulb moment, mm-hmm. you know, because like you've had lessons that you've learned from failures. You've also had some amazing ideas, you know, that's helped you become successful. So, you know, tell us one of those aha moments, you know, or a story that you can remember, you know, and take us there with you. Again, we want the story. Make us feel like we're there. And uh, once you, you know, once you do that, then also let us know how you turn that light bulb moment into some success. Well, in in as a writer in, in the stories I want to create, you know, I've had, coming up, I had a lot of opportunities, especially in uh, like 2000, not 2000, like 90, yeah, 2000, 2001, of creating plays like there's this 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 thing of people now this flux of people writing gospel plays and you know it's like the easy way so everybody's a playwright these days you know you write a play about mm, right <laughs> you write a play about God and then you know you put it up and then people say they're a playwright I knew I didn't I didn't want to go that route you know I didn't want to even though that's a I would like to say that's an easier route to go through in telling stories and you almost guaranteed an audience. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that. I'm a risk taker, and I wanted to try something different. And in 2003, I wrote a play 
about my family's history. Meet me at the Oak. It was set in 1955. About it was about a hanging tree that was used, and it's it's a, a true story. It's about a tree that was used for um, lynching back in the uh, during slavery, and members of my family would carve the name on slaves who had been hung from the tree. They would slice their wrists or, or some part of their body to create blood and carve that name on the tree. And I remember um, oh my. Yeah, okay. a, a powerful, powerful story. And, and, and as a kid, I, I asked my uncle, you know, about the tree, because that's a stump just sitting in the front yard. And, and he broke down crying and explained that to me. And in 2003, that, that just popped in my mind, because I was like, man, I want to write something unique. I want to write a creative story, but I want to do the gospel route that everyone else is doing, because that just doesn't move me in that way. And that's when I sat down. And I, I talked to him, my uncle, my father, and everyone, and I wrote Meet Me at the Oak, and said 1955. And that play went on to win numerous awards in Los Angeles. And in that moment right there, I knew people wanted to, you know, they wanted something different. You know, they wanted to hit different type of stories. And right in that moment, my, my aha moment was like, aha, I should create stories from the past history you know, things that people don't know about or things that people know about or have forgotten about. So that's when I started taking my path on creating these incredible stories that, you know, are from from different generations, you know, and bring those to life. Wow. Now I can understand now because, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of the titles of the plays that you've done. And, you know, of course, I've, I haven't been to any yet, so i got to get, get up to New York <laughs> quick <laughs> so I can come and see one of your plays. But... I can understand now, you know, you sharing that story, you know, because I, I noticed a lot of the plays were, you know, based upon a time in the mm. past. And I was like, oh, wow, it looks like a really great play. So, yeah, that's, that's so interesting. Mm. Wow. What a powerful legacy and history you have in your family. Uh, yes, it was. I mean, it was it was so powerful just to him explain, you know, all those moments that happened with, 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 uh, with my ancestors. And I was like, you know what, I got to put this on paper. I got to tell it. How did your family feel about that? They were moved, you know. They were because that's the that was the first time. That was actually the first time I actually sat down and wrote something that truly, truly meant something to other people more than myself. And for me, as an artist, as a writer, as a storyteller, there's nothing, nothing can top being able to tap into someone's emotions whether it's, you know, happiness, you know, or take them back to a time when they were sad, you know, nothing can top that as a storyteller. And, you know, I like to pride myself on telling those unique stories that people can really, really, really take in and let them touch. Even though, you know, uh, like a lot of my plays are about African-American and African-American experience and their um, struggles and their triumphs, I create my works to whereas any nationality can relate to it. Like in New York City, the, the, the Tuskegee Airmen story, anybody can relate to, you know, these gentlemen, these underdogs trying to succeed. You know, 70% of our audiences in New York are white, you know, and it's a story of these eight African-American men because I created, I don't just create it just about, just about black people. I create it, I write it in a way that everybody can truly understand what's going on. Wow, that's why I see why you've gotten so many awards. 
you deserve it. You deserve it. I, I can't wait till I can get up to New York and come in and, you know, check out some of your plays. And hopefully I can get a chance to catch, to catch you know, Tuskegee Airmen because I, I really wanted to see that when Black Angels over. Uh, what is it? Is Black Angels, Black Angels over, over Tuskegee. Tuskegee? Do you think you'll ever turn those into movies? Well, it's interesting that you you asked that question because they did they just did Red Tails, which was about the airmen, and um, Tuskegee Black Angels was out before Red Tails came out. And I when we were doing the show, yeah, when we were doing the show in L.A., a lot of their producers came to watch the play a couple times, and um, so you know I have I've written a movie version of it. But because of Red Tails, you know, I don't, it may take some time now for the movie to, to actually come out. You know, I would really love to see it on a small screen on, on, on television so, you know, kids and everybody could sit in their living room and watch it. Yeah, that would be awesome. My story, I mean, Black Angels over to Skid is different than the, than the movie. Red Tails focuses a lot on their, the things they've done in the air and the planes, whereas my play focuses a lot on the family members, you know, the people they left behind to go and fight for a country at a time, you know, who considered them really less than human. So it's more of a personal story. Oh, wow. That's even more fascinating. Well, well, let's shift for just a second, uh, Leon. What I want to do is shine the spotlight on you. And, you know, I want you to share with our audience, what is your proudest entrepreneurial moment or what's one of the proudest moments you've, that you can say to date that you've experienced along your journey? Wow, what's one of my proudest moments? Uh, man, um, r- related so many, huh? to, well, I mean, you know, just, one of my, <laughs> you know, come on now, you know, how, you know, we we put put family first and everything. We have that that cultural upbringing to where it's a, a community raises a family, and for me, you know, in, in relating it to. Um, Black Angels over Tuskegee because this is, you know, the piece that's, it's been running five years right now currently. And, uh, you know, it's, it really touches me. And I would say one of the proudest moments, one of the two in relation to this play. We, when we, the first time we did the show in Las Vegas back in 2010, no, 2009, uh, it was at the Tuskegee Airmen, their uh, Las Vegas convention. And, most of them, you know, they're they're most of them are dying they're in their eighties and nineties. And at this time there were at least about maybe uh, about seventy of them still left of the original and they all were at this event. And their wives were there and this was the first time the play was being performed for the airmen, so I was nervous. I'm like, Man I'm like I'm sure you were <laughs> I'm like, Wow, they're gonna hate this play, what's going on? I don't know. So at the end of the show when we ended the curtain call and everyone, it was a total silence. I'm like, oh, man, oh, no. And then all of a sudden, there was a roar of applause. And when the lights came up, they were all on their feet standing and clapping. Their wives were crying. Everyone was in tears. Yeah, and one of the airmen, he came up, and he was like, he was like, Leon, we've heard our story told numerous times, but finally somebody got it right. You got it right. Oh, and in that wow. moment, I was like, Wow, are you kidding me? Wow. And he gave me a hug, and he just broke down in tears. And the play has received numerous, you know, awards and great reviews, but nothing will ever, ever touch that moment when that Tuskegee Airman came up and told me that I told that story right. I'm sure. Oh, my God. 
Wow. I, I know you couldn't hold back the tears. Oh, no. Crying. It was, it was, oh, man. It was great. <laughs> oh, my wow. I, I feel like I'm, when you were telling that story, I felt like I was right there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome. What what a blessing, mm-hmm. you know. So, what I want to what I want to do next is, you know, we both know cuz you're an entrepreneur. Even though you're you're an actor, you're a playwright, you're 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 an entrepreneur and you know what I mean by that because you are your own brand. And, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, I also understand this, you know, and you do too that it's a roller coaster sometimes right. of emotions, you know, that you go that you're going through as an entrepreneur. And you can be up today, uh, next 24 hours or 48 hours, you can be down and, you know, frustrated, ready to quit. So yeah. if you can, Leon, tell our audience, you know, how you keep your focus. How do you keep that end result in mind each day? Well, I have a good, I have a good, um, a social base of people who I trust. I can, it's, you know, and because I am a, a writer, you know, my writing depends on a lot of other things to make happen. So it's it's not just me. It's like I'm the I'm the creator of the product, but I have to pr- mm-hmm. give it to actors and you know to really make it fly in order for other people to come and want to pay their money to see it. So you know I have a, a great social base that I trust. You know I'll um I'll create something. I'll email these people the script and they they give me their honest feedback on on certain things. So I'm fortunate to have that great uh, social base of people who I can trust, you know, and, and for the most part, it's just, you know, I would say, uh, get, we get in our own way sometimes, you know, and not just living in the moment and letting it happen, letting it play out. And I had to learn that. I had to get out of my own way and just let things happen. I can I can relate to that. Yeah, I've I've gotten in my way many many times. Right, right, right. I, I think we all do sometimes. We overthink things when it's the most simplest answer in the world. You know. True, true. That another aha light bulb moment, right? Right. <laughs> now, now because I know that you know you have some amazing amazing projects going on. You know, currently, are there any new things you got brewing up that you could tell us about? Well, actually, I'm in the process of um, finishing up a new show that's opening next month, and it's another moment in history about um, what folks don't know. What's opening in July that people don't know about? It's called the Harlem Rins, and it's about the 1933 all-black basketball team of Harlem, and these guys were the trendsetters of the the NBA. You know, it's like they set a lot of rules that are still happening. A lot of uh, records that are still having on they were like a thousand and they won a thousand games and lost like three. You know. And yeah, they were incredible. And no one knows that story. Uh Kareem Abdul Jabbar just did a documentary on it uh two years ago called On the The Giants of Shoulders, which touched these gentlemen. And I was like, wow, this would be a, a fascinating play to really put people in the seats to really see how incredible these men were. So that I got that opening up next month. I'm really excited about that one too. I know you are. So when is it when is it gonna open? July sixth. July sixth. Okay. Yes. Good deal. And off Broadway in New York City, yeah, yeah. And it's it's great because it's you know, I'm writing in New York City, you know, it, it happened in Harlem. So, um I have a couple of meetings with a couple of organizations in Harlem. So we're trying to do this whole 
uh, Unity Thing is collaboration to really, really get this story out about these incredible gentlemen. You know, Cab Calloway played. Really? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Paul Robeson. A lot of these gentlemen who we know from our history who were incredible entertainers, Duke Ellington, all these guys played basketball and no one knows. Oh, my God. I yeah. had no idea. Right. I had no idea. And I had no idea. He's until I started doing research. I'm like, wow, this is incredible. Because we know these guys, you know, Cap Calloway, hidey, 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 ho. Right. You know, from right. that. But no one knows <laughs> yeah. all their stuff before they begin doing all of that. So, and I love telling those stories. I love it. That's remarkable. That is absolutely remarkable. Wow, so you're loving New York, huh? Yeah, I'm I'm really loving New York. Well, it's starting to get a little hot right now. I don't know if I'm ready for that heat. <laughs> but I'll take the heat over the cold weather any day. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Think about it. Come on. I'm in Louisiana. We we both know what heat is really Oh, like. yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's already hot here, trust me. <laughs> So anyway, I want to transition a little. We're going to kind of, you know, transition to the next uh, segment of this interview and and get to the success round. And basically what that's about, you know, it's really my favorite part of the interview. And what I'm going to do is throw some questions at you, Leon, and I want you to throw them back at me and give me some knockout answers. How about that? Is that okay? All right. All right. Good deal. Well, what is it that held you back in the beginning initially before becoming an entrepreneur? Wow, well, the same old thing, you know, money, (laughs) money, (laughs) money, money. You know, that's what, that's the first thing that people tend to think of, um, you know, uh, and and going out to pursue something. But then I just figured out, uh, so you know what, I'm just going to create the work and then see what happens. And and that's what I did. I said, I'm going to create incredible, I'm going to write incredible pieces and then see if people will volunteer to want to be in it. And that's what happened, you know, i I would create some a, a great show, and uh, I'd say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I volunteer my time. And then that's how I really got kicked up into doing things. Right. Because, you know, sometimes people will let money stop them from, from you know, living their dreams. And, and that's something that I had to learn as an early, early as an entrepreneur is that, you know, you just got to get started, and the money mm-hmm. will come. If I, it all, You figure it out along the way. It always right. happens. Exactly. That is so true. You figure it out on the way. <laughs> So what is the best business advice you've ever received? Oh, pretty much what I just said earlier, you know, get out of my own way. Get out of my way and just just let it happen, you know. Don't 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 stress the little things. Yeah. Next question, and that's good advice. So can you share one of your daily personal habits that, that you believe attributes to your success, something that you do on a daily basis? Well, I try to I try to live everything in a positive way, you know. And and I, I wake up every morning and just start. I said today is going to be my best day yet, you know. And I truly I truly believe that because you know tomorrow isn't promised to any of us, you know. I love living in the moment, and I, I love that living every day to the fullest. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there. Well, do you have an internet resource or a business tool that you use on a daily basis? Something that you could, you know, share with our listeners? Um, well, my my daily tool is like just all uh, as a writer. You know, what I do is I just research every day. You know, you know, looking in um, my my favorite tools, looking on the, the National Archives site to just find out information because there's like I said, there's so much information we don't know about and 
it's it just it, it just amazes me when I just go through all of these databases and read some of this information, and I'm like, wow, why didn't I learn this in school? You know, this wasn't taught to me, and I I, I learn something new every day, and I'm like, well, it's, it's I don't know about it. That's probably thousands and thousands of other people who don't know about it. Why not tell them about it? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of us don't know about it. You almost feel cheated, huh? <laughs> I do. You know, and it's, and it's like the Tuskegee Airman story because it's not in history books. It's and, it, and it's a shame that these kids today don't know about these airmen. And whenever we do the show for kids, how I many of you guys have heard of the Tuskegee Airmen? It's like it's like none of them because it's not in history books. And these gentlemen, they they still hold records to this very day about how great they were as airmen in the forties. Right, they made such an incredible mark on you know on the world on the world really, and it should be in history books. And it is a shame that it's not. It really is. But I'm glad that you are putting the message out there, mm. and I'm just I'm proud of you for doing that. Oh, uh, thank so, you. You're welcome. Well, what book would you recommend to our listeners? Oh wow, I love reading. <laughs> you know what? There's an interesting book called um, Daring Greatly. It's by a motivational. Uh, speaker named Brene Brown, and what it's about is it's about embracing your vulnerability and your imperfections. You know, we all look at vulnerability as a weakness when it's not. It's the core, it's the heart, you know, it's the center, it's the meaningful meaningful of um, our human experiences. Because you know, without vulnerability, there can be no love, there can be no achievement, and also there can be no greatness. So we are a- acknowledging our fear. You know, it's one how we can usually conquer it. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful book about vulnerability. I love it. Okay, I'm gonna have to get that, Leon. <laughs> yeah, Darren Great, Darren Greatly by Brene Brown. She's an, a a wonderful, wonderful motivational speaker. Good, good deal. Well, our last question in, question in the success round is: I want you to imagine for just a moment, Leon, that you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world identical to Earth, but you knew no one. And you still have all the same experience and knowledge that you currently have today. And let's say your food is taken care of, your shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? (laughs) Well, you give me a laptop. I'm a writer. (laughs) All I need is a laptop. That's all. That's all you need. <laughs> you can keep your five hundred dollars. No, but um, <laughs> wow, wow, in a whole new world, five hundred dollars. I, I can only imagine five hundred dollars won't go too far in a whole new world. But um, <laughs> you know, writing, creating, finding out what this new world is about. Cause like I said, I'm, I'm, I love telling story. I love telling you know history. So I will find out exactly where I'm at and what what how I can write something that will touch this new world in a way that they haven't been touched before and give that $500 to, to the young kids of, of that generation. Oh, that, that is so awesome. That's so good. What a great, that's a great answer. I love it. I love it. Well, Leon, hearing, hearing your journey today has truly been inspiring to me and I'm sure to all of our listeners. And, you know, let's end this with you giving our success talkers one parting piece of guidance and advice. Then share the best way they can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. Um, well, you, you you can always have people telling you you can't do this and you can't do that. You know, again, it goes into what we talked about earlier about 
listening to your inner genius. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do anything. Be strong. There was an um, excerpt from a speech that Teddy Roosevelt gave in 1910, and it inspires me daily. Uh, it's called Man in the Man in the Arena. I say Man in the Mirror. <laughs> it's called Man in the mm-hmm. Arena, and I'd like mm-hmm. to share it with your your listeners if you don't don't mind. Sure, absolutely. Okay. Go ahead. Please. All right, this is called uh, Man in the Mirror. It was by Teddy Roosevelt from an excerpt he gave, and he goes, "It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or what the doer of deeds could have done them better." The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement who at worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly so that his place should never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Wow. I need a copy of that. Yeah, <laughs> that it's, is it's, awesome. It's, it's powerful. I mean, it, it, it inspires me every day. Just the, the last little thing, you know, he says, you know, mm-hmm. without those mm-hmm. timid I need souls. a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, by, it's an excerpt by, by Teddy Roosevelt uh, called uh, uh, The Man in the Arena. You probably can find it online anyway. I have it posted yeah, up probably in, find my, it online, yeah. in my office. And I look at it every oh, day. Oh, good. Yeah, that's that's why I said I need a copy of that. <laughs> <laughs> For my office. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to research that and get that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that yeah. with our listeners. I really appreciate that. Oh. You know, and it's just been a blessing to have you on the show today, Leon. I'm so glad we finally made it happen. Yeah, right? yeah. Well thank you for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> good, good deal. And so how can our listeners find you? You can go to my website at leongray.com, L A Y O N G R A dot com. And on my website you'll find about all my shows and all everything that I have going on in New York City and Los Angeles. Good deal. Good deal. Well, I know that our listeners have gotten some great takeaways today and some really good nuggets and tips from you. And they can also find the links to everything that we are chatting about on our website at successstalkers.com slash Leon Gray. And it will all be there in the show notes, you know, there for them to, to basically see what we talked about today and they can go back and listen to it, you know, over and over again. And as well as on iTunes and SoundCloud as well. So, All right. So we appreciate your time today, Leon, and thank you for being so generous with that time today and being transparent, you know, with your journey. So we say thank you. Well, thank you, Ion. And it's a wonderful thing what you're doing. Congratulations to you as well. Thank you so much. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you for tuning in. And until our next episode, keep stalking success. Well, that'll do it for another episode of Success Stalkers Radio. If you'd like to hear more from these inspiring entrepreneurs and entertainers, be sure to subscribe to the Success Stalkers Radio podcast on iTunes. And if you found value in this episode, give us a review, hopefully five stars. You may also visit us at successstalkers.com. Leave us a comment. We love to hear from you.